بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد عن أنس رضي الله تعالى عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان إذا تكلم بكلمة أعادها ثلاثا حتى تفهم عنه وإذا تعالى قوم فسلم عليهم سلم عليهم ثلاثا رواه البخاري We are dealing with the chapter the desirability of speaking clearly and plainly and using repetition so that those who do not understand may understand. The hadith, the first part of it we discussed yesterday, Anas radiallahu ta'ala narrates that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he would utter any word, when he would speak at times, he would repeat himself three times so that the audience or the one that was being addressed could clearly understand what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was saying. As we mentioned yesterday, just to reiterate, the reason of repeating three times at times was if there was a possibility that the one who was listening did not understand the first time, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would repeat himself. Another explanation for this that ulama Ikram gives is that sometimes if there was some very important issue which Rasulullah wanted to highlight or he wanted to stress the importance of it, then at times Rasulullah would repeat himself three times. The second part of the hadith, when Nabi came upon a group of people and he made salam to them, he would make salam three times. Obviously, as we mentioned yesterday, this creates, if we take this hadith in just a literal meaning, it creates a problem. Does it mean that it is sunnah, that every time you approach people, that you make salam three times? And if we see the noble practice of Rasulullah himself, we don't find this, that Nabi wasallam, wherever he went, he would make salam three times. So what is meant by this when Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala says, that when Rasulullah would approach a people and he would make salam to them, he would make salam three times. One explanation for this ulama kiram give is that when it was a huge gathering of people and it was possible by making salam once that all would not be able to hear Rasulullah wasallam. must understand the love, the devotion Sahaba had for Rasulullah This itself, just to hear the salam of Nabi Wasallam was a privilege and an honor, was something that they would look forward to. So if it's a huge gathering and Nabi Wasallam made salam just once, it's possible that they would not be able to hear him or everyone would not have heard the salam. So one explanation ulama Ikram give is that when it was a huge gathering of people, Nabi Wasallam would greet those in front of him, then he would greet those on the right, and then he would greet those on the left, so that every one of them could hear the salam of Rasulullah and would have an opportunity to respond to that salam. Alternatively, another explanation that is given to this is that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa making salam three times. In other words, the first salam when seeking permission to enter. لا تدخلوا بيوتا غير بيوتكم حتى تستأنسوا وتسلموا على أهلها. Allah says in the Quran 
that when it is not your home, you're entering the home of someone else. لا تدخلوا Don't enter حتى تستأنسوا until you make the people or the occupants of that home aware of your presence. وَتُسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا And you make salam. So the first salam would be prior to entering. In other words, the first salam would be seeking permission to enter. The second salam when actually entering. And the third salam when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was departing. So this is what is meant. When Anas radiallahu ta'ala says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would make salam three times. In other words, first to seek permission, then when entering, actually entering, and the third when actually leaving Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would make salam. Another very interesting explanation that ulama Ikram give to this is the verse of the Qur'an which I just recited. In it is Allah Ta'ala's command that before you enter anybody's house, don't just open the door and enter. When we go for gush also, we are told, stand on one side, knock on the door, seek permission before you enter. And we very often hear this etiquette when you go for gush, that how many times must you seek permission? Seek permission three times. Knock three times. After the third time, if you don't get a response, then you must leave. Don't stand there and insist. Carry on knocking or irritate the person. Sometimes, one hand, maybe they're not there. On the other hand, maybe they don't want to. For whatever reason, they're busy with something else. They don't want you to enter. So this etiquette of knocking three times is gained from such a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That when you go to someone's house and you make salam also loudly outside, make salam three times, then stop. Don't carry on making salam. If the person doesn't respond after the third time, then go away. In other words, they are not giving you permission to enter. One question is raised that is not the telephone in the same hukam. In other words, if we learn from this hadith, that when you knock at somebody's door, knock three times, or when you make salam at someone's door, make salam three times, and then if the person doesn't answer, then stop and go away. Does it now mean that when you dial someone on the telephone also, with the mobile phone or whatever it is, that after three rings you must cut the call? If the person doesn't respond after three rings, do you cut the call? Is that the shari'i hukam? To that, ulama Karam respond that the telephone will not fall in the same hukam. The reason being that sometimes the phone is far away and it starts ringing the first time. The person needs time to leave what he is doing and come and respond to your call doesn't necessarily mean, necessarily mean that it rang three times, so he chose not to respond. He didn't make it on time. Sometimes the phone is not with him, it's far away. Sometimes he didn't hear it the first time. Sometimes he's busy with something else. He wants to take your call, but he wants to finish what he is doing and then take your call. So basically, the point being that the telephone will not fall in the same hukam. Just to reiterate the message of the hadith, that from this hadith we learn that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa making salam three times could be perhaps it was a large gathering so in those in the middle then on the right then on the left 
three times salam. When you go to someone's house, you seek permission outside, make salam loudly. Make salam three times. If you still don't receive permission, they don't open the door, then the sunnah and the etiquette is to leave and don't insist and carry on knocking and carry on troubling that person. And the third explanation which Allah Ikram give is that it means the first salam to seek permission to enter, the second salam when actually entering, and the third salam when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would depart. When Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha qalat, kana kalamu Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kalaman faslan yafhamuhu kullu man yasma'uhu rawahu Abu Dawood. As we mentioned yesterday, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was qudwa. He was the most perfect, sublime, beautiful example for us in every aspect. Very important part of our work of Dawat and Tabligh and even ulama-i kiram, teachers, etc. is at times we have to engage in public speaking. We have to deliver the message. Sometimes we go, sometimes whether it's gush and you are the mutakallim or whether it's a bayan that you are giving, whenever you are delivering an address, very, very important to take our cue from the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How would Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam speak? What was the sunnah? What was the way in which he would address a gathering? Aisha radiallahu anha narrates, she says that, كَانَ كَلَامُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kalaman faslan. First, his speech was concise. His speech was absolutely clear. It was such, يَفْهَمُهُ كُلُّ مَنْ يَسْمَعُهُ Whoever heard the speech of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke in such a way that it was easy for them to understand. Many of us, we speak too fast. Sometimes, we eat up our words so that the listener who is listening to you has to ask you to repeat yourself. What did you say? What was that you said? Part of sunnah is to learn not to do that. Speak slowly. Speak clearly. Speak in such a way that whoever is listening to you is able to understand what you are saying. All this is part of sunnah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa for example, did not utilize difficult and obscure words. Sometimes people want to show off. You know, I'm very, very intelligent. So to show their academic ability, to show their lit, so-called literary prowess, what they do is they take a thesaurus dictionary and they look for all the difficult words. In other words, if something could be said with simpler words, they will purposely look for huge words, big words, confusing words. A lot of times you hear somebody say, hey, you know what, what a bayan. What a bayan he gave. Ask the person, what did he say? And unfortunately, you got absolutely no idea. You don't know what he said. And you were impressed. Why? Because the person was using big words. My very good friend, he passed away. A lot of times I give this example. He says when he was a young boy in school, his teacher asked him to write one composition. So he took a thesaurus and found all the most difficult words he could find. And he wrote his composition. So when his teacher saw this, he wrote a note that in promulgating your esoteric cogitation, I find that you excel 
in the usage of empty tintinabulations. And this behoves me to bash you on your proboscis. So he says, from that day I made tawbah and I stopped that. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the most intelligent human being to walk on the surface of this earth. His knowledge was such, Wahab bin Munabbah says, Inna Allah ta'ala lam yu'ti jami'an nas min badi dunya ila inqida'iha min al-aqli fi jambi aqlihi illa ka habbati ramlin bayna rimali dunya. He says that the combined uqul and intelligence of every human being from Adam salam to the last person to come before Qiyamah had to be pulled together and equated to one grain of sand. The aql and intelligence of Rasulullah would be all the grains of sand on the surface of the earth. This was one of the signs of his intelligence. That when Nabi would address Sahaba, sometimes what were Sahaba made up of? Villages. Sometimes it was a Bedouin, a desert dweller, somebody who had never received any formal education in his life. And sometimes they would ask complex, psychological, difficult questions. Yet if you look at the response of Rasulullah this was very, very evident that he would bring himself right down to the level of the audience. He would speak clearly. They would not be obscure words. They wouldn't be big words. It wasn't difficult to understand what he was saying. The examples Nabi Wasallam would give would be such that the audience, those that were listening to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, could easily relate to what Rasulullah sallallahu was saying. Eloquence is not using bombastic words. Eloquence is, is speaking in such a way that those you are speaking to are able to easily understand. Another aspect of the speech of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is that every word that he uttered, kalaman fasl, Allah says in the Quran, innahu laqawlun fasl. Every word he uttered was distinct. It was separate from the next word. He would not eat up, he wouldn't speak very fast, he wouldn't use very, very big words. It was not joined together, it was not spoken in haste. If the listener wanted to count the number of words that Rasulullah was uttering, this was possible. He was able to even count how many words Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke. Shallallahu alayhi wa sallam.